A fish named Miko in a Finland aquarium recently celebrated his 16th birthday. And he did it in solitary confinement due to COVID. And he was the only fish in the tank. Why? Because he won't stop eating all the other fish in his tank. So the the Finland Aquarium got together to celebrate Miko's 16th birthday. And he did it completely alone. He blew out the candles alone because the grouper will not stop eating all of his friends. I can think of another fish bowl down in uh, Florida that might be pretty full at this point. Yep. And the, you? also breaking news uh, in the Tampa Aquarium, there's a man named Antonio Brown who's back this week who also won't stop eating his friends. <laughs> he's a little bit older than 16. He's 32 years old. But uh, yeah, he's, he's pretty much ate everybody around him in his life. Um, but Tom, I think, I think an angsty sixteen-year-old matches uh, Antonio Brown pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you're looking for a comparison, Antonio Brown can act like a child. He has a lot in common with sixteen-year-old grouper. I would argue. I agree with that, one hundred percent. Yes. So Antonio Brown is back in Tampa this week. His suspension is in fact over. Um, and he is back in Tampa. He will be starting this week on a pretty depleted Tampa team, by the way. Um, but w- what are your guys' thoughts? Uh, is he going to be like Miko the fish? He's going to keep eating all his friends? Or what's the deal with Antonio Brown? Is, is, is this whole Tampa experiment going to work out for him? Well, I still, I still don't think that you, sh- you should be able to uh, serve your suspension if you're not affiliated with any team. Um, but I think he's going to have a comparable stat line to what he did in his, uh, his only game in New England, five for 60 in a score, give or take, um, it'll, it'll be productive and it'll probably help the bucks lose by less than a touchdown. Oh, this is going to be such a beautiful disaster. I can't wait for this. Uh, if, if I was a Buccaneers fan, I would be terrified as a fan of the NFL, as a, as a, somebody who works for a meme page, this is gold. This, this is sports talk dream scenario here so i can't wait to watch it play out i'm with marcus i think this has huge huge uh short-term gains and i'm with drew in that it couldn't come at a better time for tampa but i think i think big picture they're robbing peter to pay paul i think i think the short-term gains isn't worth the long-term long-term risk and as long-term i'm not talking next season i'm talking playoffs I'm talking super playoffs. Playoffs. Uh, so yeah, I, I actually don't like this move for Tampa, but I like this as a fan. I can't wait to cover it week to week. See, I don't know. Uh, Tampa is so beat up. I mean, Chris Godwin, he's a broken finger. Um, who knows how productive he's going to be? Broken finger, your wide receiver. That sucks, man. That's going to be really hard to deal with. Um, Mike Evans is just straight up not clicked with Tom Brady. Um, you can't force chemistry, and it just has not been there for Mike Evans. Um, I actually personally think. Out of all the moves they made, this is going to be the one that pays off the most for him. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of the Fournette trade um, just because I think his talent over the problems that he brings isn't worth it. But Antonio Brown, I mean, let's face it, he is truly one of the greatest wide receivers in the history of the NFL. 
Um, I mean, this, for a seven-year stretch, he was untouchable. There was a four-year period in fantasy where he was the unquestioned number one wide receiver. Has he lost it? I don't think so. He played one game last year, and he looked really, really good with Tom Brady on a short week. Now he's living. He's bunking up with the Bradys, which just, it's serious. It's like a sitcom. This whole thing with Antonio Brown and his relationship with Tom Brady, they could not be more different people. It really is like an odd couple, like, sitcom. And I can't imagine, you know, Giselle, this Brazilian supermodel who's used to the finer things in life, what are their interactions like? Like around the around the breakfast table, you know, does she wake up and Antonio Brown sitting there shirtless in the breakfast nook, and she's like, "Hey, Antonio, you want any eggs?" Like, what do they even talk about? What did Giselle and AB have in common? Well, well, Giselle had the old bull, man. Now she's getting the young Steed. That's that's why he that's why he's bunking with him. Um, <laughs> I, I can't great that brothers drop. Great that brothers drop. Truth, man, I, I can't wait for his first run in at Mons Venus. Um, if, if anything dumb is going to happen, it's going to be um, when they when they clinch a playoff spot. When and if if or if and when. Well, uh, but Mons Venus, he'll be, he'll be a monster there, and they're going to love him. Good. He doesn't really have a, a, a lot of history with strip clubs, but that's a, actually a good point because um, if you think about it, he was signed by the Raiders a year prior to them going to Vegas. Imagine AB in Vegas right now. The fact that the Raiders didn't factor that in. I mean, he couldn't even make it in Oakland. And they're fucking, they were practicing for hard knocks in Napa Valley. He couldn't <laughs> even make it through a spring training or a, 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 a training camp with the Raiders in Napa Valley without calling his GM a cracker. Um, <laughs> now he's in Tampa. Um, it's, he's better off in Tampa than he would be in Vegas. But man, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I think it's going to work out just because I- of the Brady effect. I honestly think it's going to up Mike Evans' value. Like I said, the chemistry hasn't been there, but now you're going to be looking at a lot more one-on-one coverage because you have to account for AB until he shows you otherwise, and he won't show otherwise. So, Marcus, um, you're not worried about two. I mean, again, no, nobody on Tampa Bay was killing it fantasy-wise. So when you say value, do you mean value to the team or do you mean value in fantasy? I just want to clear that up real quick. Well, hey, well, you're gonna open up one-on-one uh, coverage on Mike Evans. You're, you're gonna get more one-on-one in the red zones where he thrives, and he doesn't really get that attention, especially with Godwin being out all year, because no one has shown the ability to really be the playmaker. So they haven't really been that productive downfield. Um, obviously, with Gronk starting to maybe get a little rhythm, just having that presence there really, you have to scheme for it differently. So there's just at least more opportunities for those playmakers to. Uh, make those plays so i guess both i'm, I'm hoping for fantasy a touchdown a game will go a long way i don't think he's gonna be a fantasy monster but i do think he's gonna consistently put up 15 around 15 points a game and that's all you need you know in, in a in a guy especially if you just scooped him off the waiver wire i think from a fantasy perspective he could be a really solid play down the stretch now of course we've talked mostly about the good the bad He's got some more court issues coming up in the next couple weeks, depending on how that stuff pans out. Now, you got to assume that Tampa did their homework here, um, and they probably don't see it as much of a threat, but you never know what could come of this. Um, and, you know, with the NFL under a lot of scrutiny over the past couple of years with the guys that they've kept in the league, he could definitely be a, a, a liability for them, and they're looking <laughs> to save face all the time. You're going to see uh, Antonio Bray, uh, Brown court case postponed until February. That's coming up in the next month. That, that They're just going to drag that out as long I mean, as they can. You, you've seen more punished for less. 
at least in this instance, AB has done some awful shit. I think he's a genuinely disturbed, mentally unhealthy person that that needs help. But there's been there's been people that have done worse and have been penalized less. So I'm I'm less worried about the court stuff coming up and just really worried about how that locker room is is going to mesh. Uh, I think I think again. I can't believe he's playing. I was wrong. Uh, I'll admit that I was wrong. I didn't see this actually come into fruition. Uh, and I don't, I'm, I'm going to stick with it. E- even though it's, it's starting. I think this ends uh, earlier than, than everyone thinks. I, I think, I think this is a bad thing for Tampa in the long yeah. term. Just give us that pewter mustache. Like instead of the, the bleach yeah. blonde one, just That'd give us awesome. some good hairdo and mustache, man. We'll be, we'll be golden. Yep, you did say in a podcast uh, a couple weeks ago that AB would never play. Actually, you said it multiple times, but we won't go there. Um, <laughs> well, let's just shoot right into fantasy. Uh, yeah. So um, there's some more COVID in the news uh, that could possibly disrupt even more games, uh, affecting even more players. Um, what do you got? What have you guys heard? Well, the the newest one's Matt Stafford, but um, obviously he's one of my million guys that are going to be missing time on my fantasy team. Um, interesting thing, it actually might be a bad thing for the Vikings. You know the uh, the Lions' backup is I Chase, Dan- Chase Daniel. Um, he's, a, he's a legit backup. He, he's he's backed up uh, you know, Alex Smith. He, he he's backed up Patrick Mahomes. He beat the Vikings uh, just last year, literally in yeah. 2019. And, and he's he's always been more than serviceable. Obviously, we know coming out of college, uh, he could still throw the ball, but you know might might be a fun little spark because um, even though Matt Stafford's having a really good year, um, and by the way, Hawkinson's out as well in Detroit uh, or questionable with the toe injury. Uh, who else we got for COVID? Uh, we got Kendrick Bourne for San Francisco. That's that's probably the biggest one, putting tomorrow night's game in question. Now, based on Adam Scheffler, uh, Schefter and Diana Rossini, supposedly all the trace testing has went okay so far. So uh, the the game is still on for, for tomorrow, but a lot can happen. That game has huge fantasy implications on the, on the Green Bay side. I know, I know I, one of my teams, not in our league, but in another league, I live and die with Devontae Adams. You know, if, if I have Devontae Adams missing a week, that's that's borderline devastating. You you got um you got well, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, you got Aaron Jones is questionable Jones. again. So that it may benefit Jones if they play on Sunday or play on Tuesday or something like that. So it may benefit Aaron Jones. So two but, two huge names come back this week. Uh, we got Mr. Derry Sanders himself, Christian McCaffrey, and then possibly, very likely, uh, Michael Thomas. So these are two first-round picks that could be coming back. Um, what do you expect? Let's just assume both of them play. I think McCaffrey is is looking very good to play. Uh, yep. What do you, I, I think McCaffrey picks up right where he left off. Um, I like that they kept him out, to be honest. Uh, you rush back a high ankle sprain, and it never really works out. Guys, guys like McCaffrey, he relies on his cuts. Um, so I like that they kept him out. I think he's going to be dominant just right from the get-go. If Mike Davis can be this good... Uh, McCaffrey's going to be exceptional. Right? Well, you know, it's funny. Mike Davis actually slipped off, I guess, progressively the last uh, two, three games. Right. Um, obviously, Christian McCaffrey's going to be hyped up. I'm sure he didn't expect going into this position. His team was going to be, uh, what if I think, with four and three, um, you know, above 500, if anything. Um, Kansas City's going to be a spark, but they're, He's gonna. He's got to have at least eight catches on Sunday, which I've been desperately needing. I've been holding my own on enough and keeper there, but uh, I, I need a good 20, 30 point showing out of uh, old Derry. 
Gary Sanders. Yeah, so that that for me, I think I think Gary Sanders is going to come right back and be a beast. Uh, I think it takes a little bit longer for wide receivers to get chemistry with a quarterback. So I actually don't see Michael Thomas being plug and play right away. Uh, the talent is obviously there. They obviously broke the receptions record last year, but I I I believe in reps between a quarterback and a wide receiver. So I actually do think there's going to be a little, maybe a week or two until Michael Thomas returns to form there in there in New Orleans. So. Instant impact with McCaffrey, couple week delay with Michael Thomas. Well, how long of a you know seven week stretch has it been for New Orleans? It seems like just yesterday uh, they dominated the Bucks at home in New Orleans in the Superdome. Um, now all of a sudden the tables have turned. Four and a half point favorites the Bucks are at home. Um, let's just go ahead and talk about this game while while we're talking about Michael Thomas. For sure. me, you. Drew Brees, the Saints, they have to make it good with Michael Thomas. Say what you want about the guy. Is he overrated? Eh, I think that's debatable. Um, is he a one-trick pony? I think that's that's accurate. I think that he's found a route that's almost impossible to guard in the slant route. Uh, slant Boy is his nickname, as people like to call him, and he punches you in the face if you do. Um, <laughs> but I, for me... The Saints, they have shown enough weaknesses this year that they have to make it work with at least the top five receiver in Michael Thomas. Um, what do you guys think about it? Four and a half points against even without Michael Thomas. That is a lot of points that they're giving the Bucs. Uh, what do you guys think I, about this game? I feel like this is um, it has to be automatically a field goal game in my book. Um, either way, Saints are they're playing better. Maybe they're not scoring um, as much as we're accustomed to. But their defense has actually... Per- they only had a few slip-ups early on. Um, they've been consistently good. Um, so, and let's just face it, Tampa really, they've been inconsistent, to say the least. Um, obviously, they had some some tough struggles against the Giants where they caught a co- good couple breaks. Um, don't have to go into the bullshit uh, pit flag pickup there on that two-point conversion. But, um, th- you know, they're a team that's also showing flaws in, in, in an important game like this. You got to be looking at something around. Um, I would say 2017. Um, I'd like to lean Saints, but uh, 2017 split them up, split up the series. Yeah, so I, 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 I like Saints giving four and a half here. Their last three games have all been within three points, so I, I like this being a field goal game. I also agree with Marcus that both of these teams have flaws. Uh, the Tampa Bay backfield is a mess. Their wide receiver room is a mess. Um, their defense is playing really well, but they seem to always let up a few big plays at inopportune times. Um, and same can be said for the Saints defense. So I like Saints in the points, but because of how much offensive talent is on there, I'm hammering that over. Uh, I, I like it at maybe 28-24. Uh, that's 52 points. That's covering the four and a half. I like maybe 31, 28 um, Buccaneers to win on the money line, but I like the saints to cover and the over in this game. Yeah. So if you look at the saints scores over the course of the season, 34, 24, 30, 35, 30, 27, 26, they're averaging well over 25 points a game. Um, I like, I also like the over in this game. But I love the points for the Saints. Um, yep. I think that it's going to be a much more narrow margin than that. Uh, this is also one of my 
money line bets that I like. Uh, the Saints always play the Bucks really hard. Uh, the Bucks play them hard right back. But I think if Michael Thomas is back, I really like the Saints as, as a money line uh, bet on this on this game. And um, yeah, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a high scoring bout for sure. I I honestly can't remember if ever that Drew Brees has been an underdog to Tampa. Um, I'm I'm not to dig back far for that one with him. You know, with him in the lineup, um, I'm sure they were still even favored the last four or five years of games that he wasn't in when Teddy B was covering. Right. Um, but man, when you put a chip on that guy's shoulder, he's just delivered for what almost two decades now. Agreed. And man, we'll see. Man, this this guy could be big. Could be big. Antonio Brown in the Tampa. I I just want to see him in the uniform. I haven't really even seen him in a Tampa uniform. Uh, Brady was shocking, but I think AB seeing him in the Raiders uniform that just looked that looked like he was born in that thing. But Tampa, I don't know, man. It's gonna look bizarre to me. Very I, I think they're changing his number as well. <laughs> what, what? Yeah, what is it? Seventeen? I, 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 sh- I should be. I, th- I heard eighty-one. I, I haven't gotten any confirmation, but actually, let's see what we got. Let's see what we got. Let's let's talk a little bit more fantasy, guys. Um, I, I have two guys this week uh, that I, I think are really prime targets, and I want to get your take on it. Um, Alan Lazard uh, potentially coming back from an abdominal injury uh, for the Packers. Now, here's why I like Lazard. Um, first of all, through the first two uh, weeks, he was a top 10 play at wide receiver. Um, I think that they are so desperate for a wide receiver two in Green Bay that if he, in fact, does come back this week, he's going to pick up right where he left off. Um, if you look at Lazard, he actually has great chemistry with, uh, Aaron Rodgers. and Aaron Rodgers, Like I said, he desperately needs a wide receiver too. Uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling. He's just, he's never going to be that guy. So I think immediately if Lazard comes back, he's a plug and play. I know he's available in some leagues, uh, not many, but if he is available in your league, definitely go scoop him up, especially in PPR. So um, do you like him this week or as a rest of the season play? I like if he plays this week. I like him this week, straight okay, up. I'm, I I I like him the rest of the season. I, I agree. I think he is a legit weapon. He has legit chemistry. I agree with everything there. One part of San Francisco's defense that has been good has been their past defense. They're right. only allowing 219 yards through the air. Now they are playing Aaron Rodgers, so that that isn't most teams, but. I don't like him this week, especially coming back off the injury. I, I mentioned with Michael Thomas, I think there's a little bit of a, a window that quarterback and wide receivers need to get back on it. But I agree with you. I think I think if you can find Lazard on the waiver wire or maybe go buy him low, I, I absolutely like like that as a buy low or a waiver wire pickup for the rest of the season for the playoff push. Sure. Just to state the obvious, if you haven't picked up Jordan Reed and he's there, it's an automatic yes. take. Um, even if going forward, truth be told, um, George Kittle's probably done for the season. He, he um, is. Pe- fantasy yeah, season, I, certainly eight weeks. I mean, that's cert- done. Certainly. Yep. Yeah. So, and they're highly um, unlikely to make the playoffs. I think my under the wire play this week will be Amendola. Um, Chase Daniels still likes to throw the ball. Uh, Minnesota, good at times, but inconsistent. Um, but with Hawkinson questionable, he's he's going to need somewhere to throw the ball, and there's no cost to him. And I literally just picked him up today for nothing. Um, I mean, Galladay's out. Marvin Jones has been underwhelming. Marvin they, Jones has had an awful season. They, they, they um, need somewhere to throw the ball. Um, 
See, seven well, for 70 and a score works for me. Uh, the guy that I actually like better in Detroit than Amendola. See, I think Amendola, he's very much presented his ceiling as a player in Detroit. That guy's never going to score you more than 17 points, ever. I mean, mm-hmm. they overspent on him. It was it was just, it's a bad signing, let's face it. Uh, he He's not the player he used to be. But the guy I like in Detroit this week is actually Marvin Hall. Um, yep. he, he, he had a good game last week. Um, he... Looks like he is definitely, if Stafford plays, I really like Marvin Hall. Uh, now, obviously, if he doesn't, you, you really don't know what you got there. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the only reason I'm a little bit hesitant on Marvin Hall is because we saw a similar performance out of Richard Higgins in Cleveland. Him and Baker had a great game when OBJ went out last week. Higgins put up 2.2 points. I went out and spent money on Higgins because I thought the same thing that you think about Hall. I thought the same thing about Higgins. So I got burned a little bit there. So I have a little bit of, of recency bias in, uh, in Hall, but I, I agree. I, I think, um, I think he's the, he's the boomer bust play. Uh, if you're, if you're desperate for wide receivers. Sure. Well guys, let's talk about some buy sell. So, uh, it is getting close to the trade deadline in a lot of fantasy leagues. Um, this is the time, man. If if, if you got a shot, uh, and and you can buy low on some of these guys or sell high, wh- whatever whatever the case may be. Uh, but I want to talk about a few players that we got here. So Ronald Jones, obviously with the Bucks, um, started out the year. I mean, looking like an RB one uh, for a lot of games. You know, he looked like the guy. But over the past few weeks, a Mr. Leonard Fournette has come back into the picture. And Ronald Jones all of a sudden looks like an afterthought in a once prominent role with the Tampa offense. So what do you guys think about Ronald Jones? Do you, do you think that Leonard Fournette is just a flash in the pan? Or what, what, what do you, how, do you, how do you grade Ronald Jones going forward? I'm, well, first, let me just I'm selling every, every skilled player in Tampa. Uh, we know Brady. It doesn't matter. It's hard. for Unless you're Randy Moss, no one's getting the ball fed to him. Um, so it, it's going to be one guy one day, another guy the next week. Um, Ronald Jones has really just been a disappointment. He, I love the guy coming out of USC. Um, USC just they, the running backs usually just don't live up to the hype. I know he slid to the second round, but man, he was pretty prominent. Um, I'm if you ha- can get anything of value, it's time to sell Ronald Jones. Sure. Yeah, I think I think it's honestly going to be hard to buy or sell him. Much much for what I was saying in the group chat today, and and much for what Marcus said. Uh, it, the time to sell him was two weeks ago. If, if you could have sold him two weeks ago, I think you probably got great value from him. I, I don't think you're going to get great value uh, value for him now, mostly because I think it's going to be an inconsistent backfield. Uh, I think they're going to ride the hot hand. And I also think for like Marcus said, we led the show off with AB. You know, I mean, I think they're going to do a lot of a lot of, a lot more screens, a lot more short passes that are basically runs. I think you're going to see a lot of that underneath stuff. Um, to, to a B and and to, to spread things out sideline to sideline so I think the run game becomes even less of an emphasis in Tampa so I would sell if you could sell because I think his value is only going to get worse so if anybody yeah. values him at even a running back three at this point I think you got to sell but I, I I agree with you um, at this point if you can't get much value for him so you might as well see where this goes now Leonard Fournette if that's a guy that guys in your league don't know about go get him right now I'm telling you, Leonard Fournette, I mean, he, he didn't just slightly outsnap Ronald Jones in the last game or the game prior. I mean, we're talking 50 se- 54 to 17 snaps. So almost four times the snaps of Ronald Jones just, just last game. 
Uh, the reason that Fournette is getting these snaps, snaps of a Ronald Jones, it's not just because of Ronald Jones' kind of inefficiencies. It's because Ronald Jones is a very inferior receiving back. Bruce Arians in his offenses requires a receiving back, and Tom Brady as a quarterback re- requires a receiving back. So he's just not a good fit. Um, go get Leonard Fournette if you can in your league. See, I, I disagree with that. I'd actually say sell for all those reasons. Like you just had a phenomenal sales pitch. I'm a salesman. I know a good sales pitch when I hear one. I just heard it. I think his value is is pretty much going to peak right now at most teams' trade deadline. And I think you could sell him on uh, high RB two, low RB one options, and go get you know if you if you need a, a wide receiver, if you need a tight end, I think you can sell on uh, on his value right now and probably get more than he's worth. Um, because I, I do think Drew puts a very good argument up. Um, but I just, I don't think that's going to stay. I, I think, like I said, it's going to be an inconsistent backfield. I'm telling you, man, you're you're wrong, and th- and this is the last this is the last chance to get in on Leonard Fournette. We will talk about this last week or next week when Leonard Fournette scores two touchdowns against the Saints. I'm telling you, it's <laughs> I gonna, hope not. I'm going against you in it, fantasy. It's going to happen. Yeah. Leonard Fournette is this is this is the week. He, the reason that I think you can buy him low right now is is yeah, if you've done the reading about Leonard Fournette, you know that he's he's going to be the Tampa starter going forward. But uh, if you just looked at his points, he's only averaging like 13 points the last two weeks. So um, I'm telling you, this is the last week to get on Leonard Fournette. It's over after that. So Tyler Lockett, you want to talk about bipolar. Uh, you guys buyer selling on Tyler Lockett. Just a couple games ago, he scored over 50 points in PPR leagues. But then you look at these games in between there, and he's had like a four-point game and a seven-point game. I have not seen a boomer bust guy like this. He's got the best quarterback in the league in Russell Wilson. So, man, this is tough. But I was just offered a trade with Lockett today, and I actually ended up making a trade with Marcus instead. But a guy offered me Lockett for Henry, and I think it was an easy turndown. I was like, no, no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think think it all depends on your situation, right? Um, If if I have uh, Tyler Lockett, and, you know, I'm a, I'm a fringe playoff team. You know, if I'm sitting there four to eighth place, I think I'm riding Lockett because one big game can win you and put either put you in the playoffs um, or get you out of the playoffs. If you're a really good team and you have depth, I would try to deal Lockett. Um, so I think it all kind of depends on your position and where you're at in the league um, because not too many guys can go get you 50. And honestly, Lockett can do it any week. He can also put up those stats that you put up four points, six points. So it, it just all depends uh, the structure of your team. If if you're an average team, keep them. If you're a stack team, try to move them. Right. Yeah, I think that was about a third of his points for the year. If I'm tallying this right, uh, almost in seven games. So calculate that out. It's, it's a lot of weeks he's costing you. Sell easy. Four letter word done. Done. Yep, I I agree. I'm I'm selling Lockett all day long. Um, he's just you know. Uh, targets, if you don't believe in targets in fantasy and their uh, uh, barometer of a player, then you don't know how to play fantasy football. It's everything in fantasy. Uh, targets determine fantasy production. You will get the last 10 years of fantasy wide receivers. Uh, the top guy, I think I think uh, Michael Thomas had 185-plus targets last year and obviously just dominated. Yeah. I mean, you're talking to Antonio Brown. How much did Ben Roethlisberger just feed him? Exactly. I mean, he was a target machine in Pittsburgh. That's seriously yeah, what I think is going to happen with Brady. 
I'm, I'm, oh, yeah, you're, his his first catch is going to be what one of his staples in Pittsburgh, man. Just the little bubble screen, Jets, you know, uh, I guess we should call it Jacksonville, but uh, just a quick screen, get out there, let him make a play, pick up a couple yards, move on. That's, the, that's, that's the thing. I hate to go back to Antonio Brown, but that's why I like Antonio Brown so much is because he is kind of the scat wide receiver where he's not just like this deep threat, like you can't rely on Brady's arm, but he's this guy that can just get open. And Brady loves mm-hmm. guys like that. Uh, people thought Randy Moss was washed up when he left Oakland and went to uh, New England, and he obviously broke the touchdown record just a, a year pro- uh, after. So, Man, that was magical. Yep. So let's move to a better game here. Uh, Seattle-Buffalo. I think it's one of the games of the week, to be honest. Um, Seattle's favored by two and a half points. Um, and I think it's uh, too little, to be honest. What do you guys think about this game? You have to be looking at more of a defensive showdown, just like we talked earlier with, um, you know, Sal and Tyler Lockett. There's no way they can keep up scoring the way that they have. They're not as good as they've produced other than Russ. Um, he's been cooking, but there's just no way to keep up that pace. Um, Bill's, Bill's got to be energized after that ugly win over New England, but it's an ugly win that they need to um, really assert themselves in that awesome AFC East division, uh, which will be a lot better next season. Um, give me the under, but I can't pick a winner, but it will be a late field goal. Don't don't ever put Seattle and defense in the same sentence. They don't exist. All right? Um, uh, I, I This game eerily reminds me of the Kansas City-Buffalo game, which was also in Buffalo. Buffalo was in striking distance a few times in that game, and Josh Allen just didn't make enough plays. Um, I think Josh Allen is the variable in in this game, and I think he needs to show that uh, he is he is a legit NFL quarterback. Um, he might have got Brandon Brister jinxed because I was touting him after the first month of the season on the MVP train, and he looks like a replaceable quarterback right now at this point. So I, I do think this game, if Josh Allen can make a play or two, I think I think Buffalo can keep this closer than a lot of people think. If if you could if this line gets to three and a half or four, I I like Buffalo in the points here. But I you know, I think I think Seattle does what it does and just barely outscores their opponent. No thanks to their defense. Yeah, so uh, next factor that I really don't think we're talking enough about is that Jamal Adams does return this week. Um, probably their best defender. I mean, I don't really think it's, you know, it's him and Bobby Wagner that they're running the show, um, in Seattle. And, uh, so with, with Jamal Adams return, um, I do think you're going to see a little bit of an infusion of talent. Uh, I don't think they're going to be much better. This defense has been God awful. Uh, let's face it. Um, I definitely like the, the over on the 55 points, but I think two and a half points, I think Seattle is going to, going to beat that. Um, and they haven't really shown much. I mean, they, they have very few dub, double-digit wins all season long. I mean, re- literally, they're only double-digit di- uh, wins all year long against the Falcons, against the Dolphins. Um, no, not even against the Dolphins. Uh, Falcons and 49ers last week. That's it. Every other game has been within single digits. But uh, I like Russell Wilson so much, and I really do not like Buffalo, man. I'm telling you, I think I think Buffalo is is kind of a sinking ship. I don't think they're going to be energized by that win last week because I think it was a bad win against a bad team. Of course, it's a team that's dominated them over the last 15 years, but I think you can't be happy with a three-point win at home against a terrible New England team. So um, 
yeah, maybe I'm reading too much into the Bills' recent struggles, but I don't think I am. Um, they're, they're, they have struggles at pretty much every side. I, I don't, I don't agree that, um, Allen is a replaceable level player, uh, but he's really not played he's well. Pl- he's played like one. He's right. not, he's not one. He's played like one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He has, he's looked really bad the past couple weeks. Um, I don't think he's going to look any better, uh, this week. I think with Jamal Adams back, I think, I don't know. I think Seattle could get, could get enthused by that addition of, of, uh, of Jamal Adams back in their lineup. And you, but, you know, truthfully, when it comes like playoff time, it, it's actually better to, um, you know, and I don't think there's actual science behind this, but it's better to have a lot of those close, ugly wins, you know, throughout the year. Uh, gets real battle tested. I know that's what a lot of people are raving about with Pittsburgh, uh, but that's like, like you just brought up. A lot of people aren't seeing that or like feeling that when it comes to Seattle. But man, those ugly wins—it's just finding the way, and that—that's that's ultimately the, the only way you're winning the Super Bowl. How many teams came out the gates this year, and you just thought you knew everything about them, and in Week Eight you know nothing about some of these teams? And I'm referencing our next game on the book on the books, which is. Chicago at Tennessee. Talk about two teams that came out of the gate so strong. I mean, especially Tennessee. We were just talking about the other day, you know, the uh, Titans-Pittsburgh game as being an AFC championship preview. Now, man, I don't fucking know. Uh, Tennessee looks really, really, really bad these past few weeks. And I think it was kind of – I think a lot of it has to do with the deflating loss, you know, against the Steelers where they could have taken that game and they just didn't. But uh, Tennessee is favored by five and a half points. Um, what do you guys think of this game? Well, they, they just have to figure it out on defense. Uh, you know, ev- everyone can get a game plan, um, you know, for Derrick Henry and stopping them. And, you know, everyone has like a very comparable theory. Um, but it, game planning for Derrick Henry is one thing and pulling a Spillane and Stonewall on his ass at the goal line is another. But it really just comes down to the Titans defense. They haven't been nearly as good as um, – not that we expected them to be a top five defense when they were going to be struggling or inconsistent there, but they're going to have to really, they're going to have to give about eight points less a game uh, to really make a good push going forward. Cause that was an embarrassing loss to Cincinnati. Um, kudos to Joe Burrow. You know, we, we've been praising, praising him and we always will, but that offensive line is just so beat up. That whole team is just so decimated that there's no reason you should even in consideration and get blown out like that yeah no this this game it, it it's the toughest game of the week for me to actually to to an- analyze and, and figure out because i still don't know chicago I, I i have no idea how to read them i thought i knew tennessee i could see this as being a bounce back game for them because uh, i think drew i think you put it best that you know the the i think you said chicago is the worst four and two team in the league. And I think you said you, they were the worst four and one team in the league. Like I think you're spot on by saying that uh, Chicago's they're not as good as their record. And I think um, they'll continue to regress to the mean. So I like Tennessee to win this game, especially being in Nashville. But uh, if, if on a gambling sense, Tennessee's two and five against the spread, despite being five and two. So that, that means they have not performed to the Vegas line at all. So I like Chicago to keep this close. If, if you can get this to, you know, if this line can creep up to six and a half um, or you can want to tease it to six and a half. I, I like that a lot. Um, I even I think I might even like it at five and a half here. So, so I like Chicago with the points, Tennessee for the win. 
Yeah, I, I definitely, I, I, I like, I like exactly what you just said. Uh, I, I take uh, the Chicago to cover. Um, is Javon Wims playing this week? By the way, uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Javon. Hopefully. Let's just talk about that. We we didn't talk about it in the reaction pod, but what a bizarre little situation that was. Um, what has anybody heard? Has any news come out? All right. So if you don't know what we're talking about, Javon Wims had this bizarre moment in the Saints game last week where he went out on the field and just popped the cornerback right in the face. Like, I think he actually punched him the first time, and then he slapped him the second time. So I think he actually went in fist on a helmet, which I've seen that so many times. How fucking dumb is that, first of all? And then he slapped him a second time. Like, it was hard. That Has anybody heard? What, what, what fueled that? What caused that so interaction? One, um, obviously it's denied, but one of the things I read was that he spit on him. Um, and I, I talked about, it. I found it very funny. It's the same, same guy that, uh, Michael Thomas punched, not by two or three weeks ago. Um, Hey, he's just getting under the guy's skin. He's really doing his job. I think what's mo- most disappointing to me about that whole situation is my boy Jenkins. Janoris Jenkins is getting no love for just getting his guys back. You see him, he hops on his back and he does, his, you know, did what he needed to do. Uh, there's too many players that are just like, well, I'm not getting fined. And he's like, no, nah, I'm I'm a gangster. Let's go do it. But it's dumb. It's dumb. You're you're, a, you're really technically you're really a nobody. You're very replaceable. And to do that shit, man, you gotta you have a, that's Antonio Brown level mentality there. I mean, he was the talk. Yeah, of so sports. it was T.J. Gardner Johnson who was definitely involved in the Michael Thomas thing. Great, great call on that. I didn't put that connection together. Uh, and then, yeah, I just looked up on the sporting news. Uh, supposedly, Gardner Johnson ripped out uh, Wims's mouthpiece and chucked it down the field. And then Wims went to go say something. And, yeah, uh, Gardner Johnson fucking spat all over him. Oh, man. Well, Gardner got- Johnson handled that whole situation like a pimp, to be honest. Because if he would have retaliated in any way, he would have been ejected and probably be fined as well. It- I-, I don't think he faced any penalties, right? I didn't hear anything. Yeah. Did uh, Did you see his Instagram after his Instagram response or what, one of his social medias? No, I did not. <laughs> so basically he's just filming it. I'm pretty sure he went live on Instagram or something. Um, and he's just talking about how much of a bitch that guy was. He's like, he sucker punched me and I ate that shit. That pussy just goes off on the guy. Loved it. Loved every second of it. You got to eat it. You're wearing a helmet. Like you're fully protected there. You got to just eat it and say goodbye to that player. I mean, Chicago's already had so many injuries in their offense. Like you lose another wide receiver and they're just down another guy. Um, yeah, I, it's a bizarre situation. But the thing that strikes me about this game, 46 and a half points. I'm taking the under on that. I don't know about you guys. I think it's going to be a sloppy, weird game. Um, Same boat. Yeah. Same boat with you. Um, I I like a lot of unders this week. Uh, We really do. Overs have been crushing this year. Fuck Uh, yeah, they have. Never bet the under, bitch. Yeah, boy. But uh, I'm I'm with you. I really like the under here. Um, (laughs) It's going to be a lot of plug and play, you know, just filling pieces, trying to get a gritty win here for both teams. It's going to be ugly fantasy. I, th- I think if I think if you have Derrick Henry, I think if you have Allen Robinson, I think I think if you have any fantasy players of note, you you uh, you're in for a tough matchup here. Because uh, I agree, there's not going to be a lot of points going around in this game. A lot of three and outs, a lot of punting. You know what? There's been a, there's a lot of great games this week. Uh, I got to say, another game that I'm really looking forward to is is our next matchup, which is Baltimore at Indy. Um, Man, I if you look at um, Baltimore's schedule coming up, it's it's rough. Uh, they got you know Steelers, 
uh, again in a couple weeks. And uh, and Baltimore, for me, this is a a ha- they have to win this game against Indy if they want to have any chance at winning the North. And with, with Baltimore, man, they cannot win on the road in the playoffs. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but the only way that Lamar Jackson gets to the Super Bowl is if Baltimore is the number one seed. Um, it's still not out of reach, but it's getting it's going to get tougher before it gets easier for them. So yes. uh, Baltimore at Indy, the Ravens are favored on the road against Indy. So what, what do you guys think about this game? They, they should be, and, and I think you, uh, I think you do know what my feelings are about Lamar winning in the playoffs. He can't throw. Um, Baltimore, um, while you're pulling that up, I was pulling up the, the Ravens' schedule. Um, another game, love the under. By the way, I'm, I'm obviously going to be rooting for the Colts here. Two uh, elite it, defenses, absolutely yes. elite defenses. Yep. To um, so a Steelers win hypothetically, a Steelers win here and a Colts win here gives us three and a half game lead in the division with you know, halfway over. through. Um, but you know, uh, Baltimore's got Indy, New England, and as bad as New England's been, they could still it's pull still up New England. any kind of defenses. Still New England. Yep. Uh, then then the Titans and then Pittsburgh again. So this exactly. is this is this is Ravens gauntlet here. Uh, and they they have to win the next three four games or it's really going to get bad for them. Um, please Are you taking in this game. Please, I'm taking the under. Uh, I'm I don't think I can touch the line here, but if I did, I would buy I'd buy the Colts to three and a half. Uh, I don't trust Philip Rivers, but I think like I said, this is I think this could be um uh, in a top three potential for the like Glock of the week. Yeah, no, I uh, see. I think the, uh, I keep going to X Factor, so I apologize to all the listeners here. But Darius Leonard is back. Darius Leonard is a elite linebacker, and they are going to spy him, spy Lamar all game. I think the Steelers put a blueprint on how to stop this, and I actually like the Colts to straight up win here. I, th- th- this is one of my upsets of the week. Um, because they, they are underdogs. I do like the way Phillip Rivers is playing. The only thing that concerns me is, can Jonathan Taylor put together a game, and can that offensive line uh, dominate the way that the Steelers, frankly, couldn't? The, the Steelers abandoned the run, and Ben had to win it on his own. Phillip Rivers is not going to be able to beat the Ravens on his own like Ben beat him on the own. So I think Darius Leonard and that Colts offensive line is going to be the key for the Colts. But my my this is an upset special for me. I do like the Colts at home here, um, because I think the blueprint's out on Lamar. Did uh, did either of you guys get the extent on Jonathan Taylor's injury last week? Um, I don't. I I think he's questionable, but it looks like he's going to start. Yeah, it does look like he's going to play. Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, we were talking about buy sell earlier in the podcast. If you got a guy in your league that's willing to take Jonathan Taylor, sell the shit out of Jonathan Taylor. Here's the problem with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, they don't trust him in the in the red zone. Um, this this is dating all the way back to the Vikings game week two. He's just not good in the, in the red zone, um, and it's been a problem for them. Uh, last game, I think two other running backs got touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken, Wilkins and uh, and, Hines. and Hines. So um, three touchdowns, didn't he? Exactly. So if, if if you have a running back that you don't trust in the red zone, I. Which is Jonathan Taylor? If you if if anybody values him in your league, sell 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 Jonathan Taylor. Um, he's just has not uh, lived up to the hype. Uh, I love Indy weirdly in this game. Um, they're at home. Uh, the the line for this game started out Ravens being favored by four. It's down to three. 
for the Ravens. Um, I think it could end up a push in this game. I, I, I think it could just end up being Ravens winning by three. But they're one of my uh, money line teams. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge money line uh, parlay guy. I like to pick underdogs and just go for the big, big win. Uh, they're one of them. I think Indy, it's going to be a scrappy game. Uh, I'm taking the under on this one, and uh, I think uh, I think the Colts cover. Can, can we hope T.Y. Uh, Helton gets his first fucking touchdown of the year? How bad is T.Y. Helton? I mean, it, it just shows you how bad Phillip Rivers is, though. It's, I mean, straight up. It's, it's, been, heart, it's been heartbreaking. He was, I, look at Phillip's last few games. He's played well. He, I mean, again, I agree with you. He's a bad quarterback. I'm, I'm not, I'm not justifying, but he has been playing well. He's, um, he's in a great coaching environment um, with a great offensive line and uh, a decent amount of weapons. So, shame on him for even being as bad as I. Any quarterback could perform in the situation. I'm telling Cam Newton would be in like MVP conversation right now. If he if he's on the team, I'm, I'm I'm telling you that's how good I think Indy is around Philip Rivers. The fact that they are three point dogs at home, that's not because of Indianapolis. That's because of Philip Rivers. He's the reason that Vegas doesn't like them at home against the Ravens. I mean, think about it. You know, like they they're they're three point dogs and they have a great record. I mean, they're one of the AFC leading teams, but they are three point dogs, and that is purely because of Philip Rivers. I. Yeah, I don't think anyone's anticipating a possible slide here from the uh, from the Ravens, but you know, as a Steelers fan, I'm I'm praying for one. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, we 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 saw what happened uh, after Tennessee lost to Pittsburgh. You know, losing close games like that, losing emotional games, take a toll. I, I don't care who who you are, especially after a Ravens game, a Ravens Steelers interdivisional rivalry game. I think there's a little bit of of a hangover effect. Um, from from last week too. That's that's, and I, I'm also I, I've, I was low on the Colts coming into it. Marcus, I ripped you when you when you predicted them to win ten or eleven games. Um, you're looking pretty good right now, and uh, uh, call me convinced. Yep, yep. I mean the Colts are a good team, except for Philip Rivers. Okay, <laughs> uh, I think the train just keeps rolling. I, I like so many teams, or I like so many games this week. Um, even this, you know the uh. Dolphins at Arizona. Arizona is four and a half point favorites. They actually started the week as six point favorites. Um, but I think some people are starting to buy in, in Miami, and I, I really think you should. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on this game? Honest, I love both of these teams. Uh, I can't blow the Cardinals enough, um, and I can't praise Miami enough. Like it's, like I mentioned earlier, um, I was I was pumped at what they did last year with so much less talent. I think they did a pretty good job of. Um, filling needs in the offseason, and they've got really good potential in this uh, next draft coming up. Um, Brian Flores is definitely in the conversation in my book, and I think they're going to keep rolling. But uh, obviously there's a lot left to be desired there from Tua last week. Um, I think this is going to be one of my over games that I do adore, and I think it's going to go over in a big way. Kyler Murray's playing good ball. The team's coming together, and and I I didn't get to talk with you guys after the uh, the uh, overreactions of the uh, when the Cardinals beat the Seahawks while well, a little bit back. But man, was it beautiful watching Isaiah Simmons get that pick? I yep. love that guy. We talked <laughs> about that. Yeah, yeah it's it's uh, g- give me the over. And you know what? I think this is. I always hate four and a half point lines, but I think this could be. Uh, I think this could be one of those that get away from Miami. 
This was the e- one of the easier games for me. Uh, I don't see Miami replicating what they did last week. Uh, we we talked about it last week. I think I think we all agree to well at least Drew and I uh, agree that Tua is going to be a good player. I don't. I think going on the road uh, against against a team that can score a lot of points and and I, I see them down big early. This is one of the easier games for me. I'm with Marcus. I like the over at 48. I think that's one of the easier lines all week. I think that that may be up there for my lock of the week uh, at over 48. And I, I like Cardinals big in this game. Yeah, I actually do like them too. Now, the let's face it, the Dolphins are one of the hottest teams in the entire NFL. They've won four of their last five games. That, that, that needs to be respected. Um, two is the X factor, right? What's two going to do? Uh, I like the Cardinals defense just enough to think that uh, I do think the Cardinals are going to kind of run away with this. So I'm going to present a couple different things. Number one, take the over. Here's why. I think the Cardinals are going to jump out early. Um, and I think that the Cardinals will cover four and a half points. So take take that. I'm actually pretty comfortable with that, weirdly enough. Um, so I think the Cardinals are going to jump out big. Um, I, I, I love Brian Flores and what he's doing, but... Man, you got an unproven quarterback who just came off a 93-yard uh, performance. It's going to be all about can he bounce back from that, and I do think Tua bounces back from this. I think he's going to get a lot of garbage time points. I'm starting him in fantasy this week, mostly because I have no other options. <laughs> Phillip Rivers is literally my only other option on the waiver wire. Um, so I, I, where do you even go with that? i got to go with Tua. I'm rolling with Tua. I do think he's a special talent, um, and I think he's going to be a good player in this league. Not a Herbert, a special talent, or Burrow, but I do think he'll he'll be in the conversation with those three guys. I think it was a phenomenal draft class with those guys, um, and I think that he's going to get a lot of garbage time points. Uh, so we, so. we 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 all we all have we've all played Madden. We we all know how it works. If you were starting a franchise uh, in Madden, would you take Kyler or Tua? Kyler. Kyler, I hate lefties. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you as a lefty. Um, man, I just I think you know what Kyler's ceiling is. I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't think I ever see Kyler as as an, an all pro. I think I think he's a I think he's kind of there at Pro Bowl at ceiling at best. I think Tua can be something special. I, I think I think Tua has a higher higher ceiling there. Um so I guess it kind of depends what kind of franchise you are. If you like steady and consistent, or or you want to go for an absolute boom. But I think I'm taking Tua if I had to choose between the, the two of these guys. Yep. Yeah, I can't blame you there. Um, I think Kyler's a special player. I always have. I always will. I think he's performing despite an odd offense that he's being kind of thrust into. But I love Kyler Murray. I think he's going to be a great player in the league for a really long time. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, we were talking about it earlier, Brandon, but. Man, he is fucking dominating. Uh, and oh, he's going to do that for a really long time. Uh, I yeah. love Kyler Murray, and and man, I, I I can't help but be disappointed to his performance last week. I know the Rams' defense is really one of the most underrated in the league, but um, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a toss up. Yeah, real, real, real quick, Drew, I got a question um, because you just you spoke to how hot Miami is. Are they a playoff team? Let's uh, uh, take take a stand. Yeah. Fuck it. Okay. Yep. I think they're going to finish second in that division. Um, I think, you know, they could even challenge Buffalo. Who knows? Uh, Derek took a hot take and said Miami was winning the division this week. I don't Um, don't deny it. And and he called it right. I mean, what what a call. He he had Miami beating 
the Rams. Like we got we got to tip our cap to Derek, who who's been all over this. Marcus, where do you fall on on Miami? Well, I love them. I I think they're um, actually me and Drew both touched on it a bit. With Drew more, uh, I think they're just overperforming. Even going into that game last week, we're talking. Uh, two of the top five scoring defenses, and, and they're just playing out of their mind. Um, I think they're just playing, you know, where they should be next year. But uh, I don't. I did. They did. I don't think they keep up the pace. I'm gonna come. I guess in a in a sense, compare it to how explosive and dominant the Seahawks' offense has been. I just don't think that they can keep it up. And this is kind of one of those hiccups. But I do agree that they 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 could sneak into the playoffs this season. Yep. Yeah, I think I think they're going to wind up six and ten, seven and nine. I, I think this is pretty short lived, and I think a seven and nine season would still be a win for them uh, no. overall, based on what a lot of people had them going as. But I don't see this as a playoff team at all. Not not in the AFC. To me, it it the Browns are going to de- determine whether or not Miami is going to be a playoff team because if they're going to steal a playoff spot, it's going to be the Browns, and we've seen the Browns how up and down they are. If the Browns just go on a skid, which would be so Browns like of them uh i think that they could sneak in i don't think the rate i don't like the raiders at four and three so i think there's a lot of teams kind of dangling out there that could could see a really big fall and with miami with how hot they are man if they win this game it's all systems go but well, i don't for think sure do. for sure they've got a tough schedule going in but how how exciting would it be if week 17 buffalo and miami were playing for the division like within a game of each other winner take all I, I, that'd be that'd be awesome to and, see. and new england is locked into a bottom five or a top five pick yeah I, 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 that'd be very 2020 the afc east has been so uninteresting for so long it's just kind of it's kind of crazy man like the jets gave the patriots a couple years you know the dolphins would beat the patriots and then go 2 and 14 uh-huh. On freak plays. Yeah, but it's just this this has been the most uninteresting uh, division in all sports. It's just funny that we're actually talking about a team that could potentially steal it from Buffalo. <laughs> it's fucking New, weird. New, England, New England's got to win six or seven games to keep everything balanced because no one wants them getting a top five pick. We want them flirting just outside of the top ten. Right. Well, we already kind of touched about on the the Lions. We can just go ahead and skip past that game. That's a it's a fucking bad game. I don't think either of those teams are going to make the playoffs. Vikings or Lions. Uh, but uh, Brandon, you got some college football on tap. What what do you want to talk about here? Yeah, um, just 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 brief on on a couple. Uh, Ohio State looks like they are just absolutely going to beeline to uh, to to the college football playoff. Michigan lost to Michigan State. They manhandled Penn State. Uh, Wisconsin can't get on the field because of COVID. It, it sounds crazy, but it, it looks like the only team that can stop Ohio State is Indiana. Um, and let's get real: Indiana isn't going to stop Ohio State. So uh, I, th- I think we can. I think we can write in Penn, Ohio State in the um, in in the college football playoff. And, and thank God, right? Like we talked about, you know, if, if the Big Ten couldn't play, it'd be an asterisk. Uh, have either one of you watched any Ohio State this year? Yeah, I watched him. Uh, watched him roll us last week, and um, I do watch Justin Fields because I'm I'm a big big fan, and I have been uh, ever since uh, showing a QB one. Um, I, lo- I love the character of the guy. Um, I just I love his athletic ability, and he's kind of proving to guess doubters some of his uh, weaknesses with throwing, you know, consistency and all that. Guy's been fantastic. Um, I still stand by it. I I would take him over to. Uh, Lawrence and I think I'm pretty much the only person I love I, that I, hot take you've been I, consistent I mean yeah, you gotta I, give it to you. you've been consistent with that take yes I, so I'm you no know, Marcus I'm likes his guys and he rides and dies with them 
Yeah, you got to. Well, let's let's talk about Trevor Lawrence because Clemson avoids the nightmare against Boston College, and and they they pull it out in the fourth quarter. Uh, he also isn't going to play against Notre Dame. Um, so, you know, if if he if Clemson you know loses this game, doesn't get in the national championship, he's already talked about potentially not going pro. Um, do, do you think there's a true possibility that Trevor Lawrence plays another year of college football? Nope. Nope. He'd nope. be a fool too. Not until not until they get the um, all the financials, the stuff taken care of for college guys, which they've been talking about potentials of half a million to a million dollars a year in college, might might be worth it to hang around in a situation like that. Obviously, it's not the same same dollars, but no chance in hell. Yeah, if okay. I'm if I'm Tiwa, I pull a bush league Eli Manning like move, and I say I don't want to go to the Jets. I force the Jets to trade me. Um, if the Jets are there at number one, I think you should at least consider staying because I do believe that's just a vacuous, awful organization. Um, but I love Trevor Lawrence, man. I think he's going to be a phenomenal player in the NFL. I think we are truly seeing a renaissance of the of talent uh, like we've really never seen before. I think there could be four special talents coming out again in this next draft, at least three for me. Um, and I, I agree with Marcus. I do think Justin Fields is going to be a great player. Hope he goes to the Vikings, but there are so many teams that still need quarterbacks in the NFL. It's just going to be teams just clawing at quarterbacks. Um, and I think T law has got to come out next year. If, if, if he's the number one projected guy, you lose so much money. Every, every spot you slide, uh, in the mm-hmm. NFL draft, I don't think a lot of people realize that. If you can go number one, you go out, you get that guaranteed money, you take it, and you run with it, even if it's with the and, Jets. And then you get your $100 million endorsement contract with uh, Under Armour, Nike, whoever. Head and shoulders. Yeah, head and shoulders. Yeah, that, dude, oh, if, that is a good one. If you don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to be the spokesperson for head and shoulders, you're <laughs> not paying attention. That motherfucker <laughs> is going to be on commercials. He's very, very fucking eloquent. Like he's he's gonna be great. He's gonna be the face of the NFL someday. Well, yes. well and then, and then when you talk about uh, you know even not just uh, ability on the field, these top two guys look what they're doing off the field. Like, yeah, you got they're Phil's great leaders. Pro- yeah, Phil's protesting and pushing to get his team to play. But you know against a Big Ten, obviously uh, uh, Lawrence was marching with his teammates. You know with you know you know with, at the beginning of the season, but just like guys that like people want to rally around. Uh, and I'll tell you what, as, as I'm getting older, um, what, 21 next year, um, yep. I'm, I'm actually, I've actually developed more of just like an appreciation of like all the, the talent, just like you touched on, just like the talent of quarterbacks coming in. Right. I'm really starting to appreciate the talent, like the amount of talent at every position that we were, we've been fortunate enough to watch in the last 10 or 15 years. And what we're going to be watching in the next 10 or 15 years, man, it's just, it's exciting. It, it, it is exciting. Uh, I want to go. I want to go right back to the college football playoff, though. Uh, if if Clemson loses without Trevor Lawrence, should that count towards a college football playoff? Like if they lose this week against Notre Dame, which is a very real possibility. I mean, they almost lost to Boston College, and Boston College hasn't been good since Doug Flutie. Um, so, like, uh, they're pretty they, good with Matt Ryan. Yeah. Well, regardless, it's still Boston College. Uh, I think it's a very real possibility that if Clemson loses, should they be punished because Trevor Lawrence didn't play? Yeah, of course. That's how college. Okay. That's how so you're, college you're saying works. A one, a one loss, a one loss. Um, They'll still be in the top Clemson four. And should get in over an undefeated Notre Dame. Hell yeah! Potentially an undefeated, you know, Wisconsin or Ohio State. 
Um, I you know, think you, you, I think the committee's going to put Clemson in at one one loss. Yes, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean they're going to be punished equally whether or not Trevor Lawrence plays or not. I I think. Um, and yeah. the, the the committee wants everyone wants Clemson in. Man, they fucking bring they bring it every year. Dabo Sweeney. I don't think they're going to lose the game personally. Dabo Sweeney can fucking mobilize anybody to play. Um, I, I think they'll win the game. And uh, Dabo Sweeney, man, as as incredible as Nick Saban is, dude, Nick Saban could have never predicted that a guy like Dabo Sweeney would come along. He can yeah. fucking make do with whoever the hell he has. Um, I, I think they'll win the game regardless. Agreed. Yep. Yep. Last game with college football playoff uh, implications is Florida versus Georgia. Um, I, I haven't watched, uh, Florida or Georgia play, so I don't have much like analysis on it, but, uh, it, Florida is going to roll them. It, it, for me, it just means that, you know, we're, we're starting to get heavy into the seat, heavy into the college football season and teams are starting to weed themselves out, uh, from the crop. So ex- exciting slate of college football, as Drew mentioned, a ton of awesome NFL games this week. Um, just, just buckle up guys. It's, it's going to be a really good grab, grab a, grab a 12 pack, grab a 24 pack. Uh, so that, just sit your ass on the couch and enjoy some football this Disney weekend. Disney Plus. Yeah, real quick takes. I just got a question for both of you guys. Uh, I'm I've always been against expanding the college football playoffs. I think four is more than enough and sufficient. How would you guys feel if they extended it uh, this season alone? I guess for the you know the circumstances going on with everything else, would would you be interested in maybe eight games? Because we're have, we're gonna have less bowl games this season, um, and it's a shortened season. So you know that's your health. Do you, you, you think eight might be a good number or just stick with the four and say, fuck it? I'd love to see eight regardless, to be honest. Yeah, so I, I, I'm i pretty torn on the topic, Marcus. It's a great question. As a football fan, give me more Give me more college football. Like, <laughs> Do a D3 style, all top 32, boom, go. But um, but honestly, is the eight seed isn't going to be able to compete with one. I mean, if you're doing it traditionally like that, like a number one Clemson is going to roll a number eight Cincinnati. So well, four, four is eight right now. But it's it's just, it's just weird. Everything is just weird. I wouldn't know what to, where to go. Um, I, I think if they expand it, it doesn't really mean much. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't see the seventh or the eighth team in the country ever competing for for a national championship. Yeah. But you know, you may get an upset or two in that model. Um, so sure, let, let let's do it. I th- I think I think college football the, there isn't much parity. The teams one through four are so vastly better than everyone else. Um, I don't think it ultimately matters, so yeah. extend it, but four, four is fine. Yeah, I'd love the three. Three sounds intriguing, but I'm like everybody else. Give me more games. Give me more games. We've been spoiled by sports weirdly this year. We had the drought for a couple months, and then all of a sudden, all the sports came together, and it's been a pretty fucking phenomenal fall. Yes, uh, yes it has. But uh, Flight to Tunisia means that we are done for the day. Uh, any closing remarks? By the time this podcast at, uh, uh, airs, we're going to have uh, our first slate of Maction football. Uh, um, the Mac is back. I think there's like six games on tonight. So uh, if anyone's looking for Wednesday or uh, Tuesday or Wednesday night football, uh, Mac football is back for all, for all you degenerates looking for something to do in the middle of the week. And if you've been paying attention, uh, we just mentioned the return of the Mac, number one. And then just prior to that, Florida Georgia Wine. So we're calling out a bunch of uh, you know bands and, and songs. And what do you got, Marcus? 
Uh, just check us out on Sunday morning if you're looking for last minute bets and you look want to have cheers anyone to get fucking drunk before Sunday football. We'll be out here around 11. That's right. You, they, can, count on, you can count on the sports memory to get drunk if, if, we're, if we're good for anything. There were litty titties for that last broadcast and then they did an encore. So, yeah, I like it a lot. All right, guys, the Sports Memory Podcast. Uh, have a great night. <laughs>